This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Thanks for joining me for another live stream. Uh, As you can tell, getting the hang of it, really enjoying these conversations. Yesterday, we had Mark Schaefer on. That was a lot of fun. Lots of people uh, listened to that and watched it on the different channels. Um, Friendly reminder, so to speak. Uh, We are live on Periscope, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitch. Uh, Yesterday, people even tuned in on Twitch. I was slightly surprised because I haven't played video games or any games since uh, sophomore year in college, my worst uh, year when it comes to a GPA, but um, I won all the championship games in uh, NCAA football. So there you go. But today, let's talk about, so if you have any questions, I'll try to monitor uh, the different channels, LinkedIn especially, I think the other ones, hopefully we get notifications. Uh, But we want to talk about education, and we've had the shows with um, the guys over at HubSpot and the the learning uh, certification school, don't remember the name now, honestly. Um, But anyway, listen to those shows, and we talked about certifications, and certainly I'm not you know, I'm not opposed to them. I took plenty of them and uh, the, the badging works. You can learn new things. I also went to college. It's been a while. If you can see my uh, losing my hair, I don't even have gray hair, but that's kind of how it goes. Um, and is a college education important? That's what I want to talk about today. And here's how I pick my guests in case you haven't figured it out. I am not a huge fan of cold pitches. Every time, every once in a while, I get a pitch and people will say, hey, can I come on the show? Uh, I want to talk about storytelling. And then, of course, I say, well, what about it? And I love finding guests when they say smart things on Twitter or LinkedIn or wherever. And today's guest is, we'll bring him on screen here, Asad Yakatali. How's it going, man? It's going well. How are you? Living the dream. Um, still at home, we don't leave anymore or go anywhere, yeah. but <laughs> that's kind of how it goes, right? Um, so, so we ran across each other on Twitter. I don't think we were connected even before I saw your, I think your tweet took off a little bit, or I don't know, somebody I know responded. And it was interesting because it was something to the effect of um, Twitter is good to learn, and it is to an extent, but you do need a degree, right? Something like that. I'm oversimplifying. You can jump in and tell me the whole story. I- yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just I tweeted a thread one morning um, about uh, there's a going uh, an ongoing narrative on Twitter, especially about you know the kind of downplaying the importance of college education. Um, there are a lot of folks, um, leaders in our industry, who are who are saying that college wasn't very important and they wish they kind of jumped right in and learned everything they needed to from Twitter and YouTube um, and got right into their marketing careers um, and. I saw that and I, it's been going on for months. Um, if anyone's really active on Twitter and marketing Twitter, they'll see things like Twitter University and there'll just be a bunch of lists of a bunch of uh, really smart guys most most of the time um, who you know share their insights, share tips, share tricks, strategies and tactics on Twitter. And 
for some reason, there's that ongoing narrative that, you know, that's enough to become a great marketer now. Um, so I woke up that morning um, and a little inspired to kind of share a bit of uh, my insights and information on that. And really want to just highlight the fact that, yeah, it's great to continue learning. You should always continue learning, learning from other folks, especially on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, like you like you mentioned earlier, a bunch of certifications online. But the luxury of skipping college um, isn't afforded to everyone. Um, so, you know, I started that tweet with a couple stats about um, how people with quote unquote ethnic names are less likely to get a callback for a resume, uh, for a job interview from their resume, uh, how women are virtually unhirable when they're like one of four final candidates in a group, uh, in a pool of candidates for a job, they will, uh, it's virtually impossible for them to get hired. Um, so, you know, the the idea of that thread was basically to to say that college may not be important because you've been given the luxury of being born um, a white male in this country, um, but for the for the bulk for the bulk of us who are looking up to these folks, um, not coming from this place of privilege, um, college education is super important for us. Um, and in addition to that, there are just things that you pick up in school that are you 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 won't learn them without getting thrown into that um, environment at 18, 19 years old of collaborating with folks, learning from um, educators who did this with what they have been doing it for years, um, finding mentors, all that comes um, with the college education. Um, and, you know, I, I tied up that thread um, that, that picked up a little bit of engagement, uh, basically saying that, you know, college system is obviously flawed, um, it, especially in this country, you know, it's a huge moneymaker. Um, and it shouldn't be that way, but in my opinion, it's a necessary evil. You know, I, I keep thinking back, and of course I am a white male, and I, you know, I keep thinking back of my college experience. And uh, it was kind of hit and miss, honestly, like the things I learned and um, and the things I didn't learn or, or whatever, especially I went into journalism. And, you know, some of the things you don't learn, right? Like you have to get out in the real world. Yeah, absolutely. But, if, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, even when I applied for jobs, you know, over the years, people are always looking for a bachelor's degree. I mean, always. Like, I'm yeah. like so and now I see a lot of jobs. Now they're asking for master degrees. So, I mean, is it so is it about the learning or is it about having the piece of paper or what's or is it a mix or how do you feel about that? I think it's a mix. I mean, that piece of paper is obviously really important. Um, it's, it's an expensive piece of paper. Um, but in my experience, um, like I, I tried it both ways. So um, this is why I felt um, that I was speaking from experience when I wrote that that thread was because I, I did I did it both ways. I started college late. Um, I graduated, I got my undergrad at 25. Um, and I was trying to break it into this industry for years, um, doing it on my own working with small groups, uh, smart ups. Um, I was trying to break it into the music industry and I worked with some really big clients. Um, but ultimately, you know, once those uh, short subcontracts ended, I never got a call back. I didn't get the job for um, any management level positions. Um, entry level was hard enough to get into without that college degree. So, you know, I went back to school. Um, I found a job that was able to kind of help with tuition reimbursement and I graduated at 25. And a year later, I got an assistant director position at the Hospital for Special Surgery in the marketing department. Um, my experience helped. Um, you know, I jumped right into a, a senior role um, because of the years of experience I had. But without that piece of paper, I'm telling you, I was not getting any callbacks. 
Yeah, and I mean, I see it as a requirement listed all the time, and then even uh, master's degrees are now more and more. And the other thing I've actually seen too is there's some uh, companies they list uh, certifications. Please list all your certifications. I'm like, oh my god, like there's a and I, I did, I've taken a bunch right with HubSpot yeah. and Drift and whatever, and and even Cornell University, and it's like, I mean, where does it end? Yeah, it's uh, I mean, and that's my point earlier. I mean. Education in this in this country, especially, is a for-profit industry. Um, but I think it's a necessary evil because, again, being born not male and not white, we are kind of set back a few years, uh, you know, to say the least. We're 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 dealing with um, with years and years and years of, um, I mean, not to get super political or anything about that, but like you know, years of oppression, and and we're and we weren't given a head start. Um, so for folks of color, for women um to to now look up to these leaders in this industry who happen to all be men who are white um and they're preaching um you know they're preaching they're they're undervaluing college education even though mind you they all are college educated uh, you know i i click around on these people's linkedins and they're all college graduates but they're talking about um about how it's not important and oftentimes they're pitching you to sign up for their linkedin course like there's right. there's always an underlying issue there um you know, it's just that piece of paper that costs so much um, and it, it just it takes so much time and it feels like your, your career starts late. It's worth it. Um, I mean, I wish we were in a country where education was free, you know, um, but it's not the case. But you're not getting hired without uh, that piece of paper for, for the most case. Um, a lot of folks are able to kind of build a network without college education. Right. And again, that's coming from a place of privilege. Your dad, your uncle someone worked in, in an industry and you're able to kind of intern right out of high school um, and potentially, you know, build your name up and then even start your own shop. But for a lot of us who are maybe first generation, um, that's not that's not available for us. So college is, the, that's the cheat code right now for us. It's, it's college. Yeah. Um, hmm. So much to unpack there. I don't even know where to start, honestly. Um, <laughs> how do you... So first of all, of course, I, I, I wish I could say I'm surprised at your comment about the experts who claim this, that they all have a college degree. And, uh, you know, it, I see that all the time. And in fact, one of the articles I published on AuthenticStorytelling.net was about how when you listen to experts at conferences talk about social media strategies, total mm -hmm. waste of time, 80 percent of the time. Because they talk about stuff that they did last year, right? Because it, yeah. it, you always, it has to be finished. Then you have to pitch to the conference. Then you speak like half a year later. So social media changes so quickly that it's a waste of my time for you to tell me how you ran a Facebook ad campaign 24 months ago, right? Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. that's like a lifetime ago. Um, so it's, uh, do, do you think it hurts their credibility when people say things like that? Like you don't need a college education. They got three degrees. A little bit. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you can say the argument can be made that hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So obviously they yeah. did it because they were told this was the right way to do it. Um, and now at, they're advanced in their career and they're looking back at it and they're, they believe that it was a waste of time. Um, however, you can't make that statement without having both sides of the table, right? Being Sitting on both sides of the table. I'm, I'm sitting from a spot where I tried it. I tried <laughs> it for four or five years and couldn't make a splash anywhere. Um, I've spoken to folks as well who've, who've done it and, and had a bit more success than I had doing it on their own. But again, to get to that next level, they had to go back to school and get that degree and get that MBA before they were even uh, respected in the field. 
So again, the, that conversation online that I see most of the time are folks who come from a place of privilege and it's not their fault. Uh, you know, they were born, they were lucky who they were born, the skin that they were born into, the family that they were born into, and they took advantage of it. Um, but to pretend that a lot of their success doesn't come from the education that they had, the, the network that they built while in college, um, and because it wasn't even like a challenge. That was kind of like a, a next step that was, it was from the day they were born. It was always, you're going to college, you're going to, you're going to go to the same alma mater that your father went to, that your grandfather went to, mm -hmm. you're going to graduate, and then you're going to, you know, go into whatever field you want to go into. That, to, to kind of pretend that that isn't a luxury that, um, that you were privileged to have and to go online to 60,000, 70,000 followers and spew a completely different narrative uh, is irresponsible in my opinion. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, do I say that? No. <laughs> I don't think I, so. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. <laughs> so it's interesting though when I think back to my college, so I went to Iowa, uh, played football there. In fact, you can kind of see my jersey I saw behind that. me I saw there. That. Yep. And, um, you know, I studied journalism. And so certainly you learn basics. You learn some of the things, right? Some of the theory, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, I didn't, uh, easy to say, well, I had foresight for, you know, 10 years down the road. But being a journalist helped me be a better marketer. I mean, think about mm -hmm. what we're doing right now, you know. I mean, this is not a media podcast, right? It's really, it's a marketing podcast, if you think about it. But what we're doing is very journalistically driven, Absolutely. right? We're, we're just talking. We're having a conversation. It's like, you know, th this is like a talk show on radio, except we have graphics on the screen and we're on the screen. Um, and you actually, you studied, um, you got a bachelor's in communications and media studies, right? Yeah, that's correct. So yeah. how did you how did you decide what what's like a good uh, what should people pick I guess? Well, I mean, I, again, that's another case for college. Um, when I graduated high school, I, for some reason, I wanted to be a lawyer, um, and I started actually pursuing criminal justice, um, and I I didn't like it, so then I stopped. Um, I sorry, let me let me take a step back. I took a couple of general education classes and and took a few media courses and fell in love with the field. Um, and then I stopped going to school, tried the whole thing on my own um, that I mentioned before, where I was basically um, working with a few folks um, at, a, at a small startup out here in Brooklyn um, in the music industry. We worked with a few uh, pretty big artists for you know the 2010s, um, and we we. We did some great work together. Um, ultimately, that didn't pan out, and uh, I started applying to similar roles, but actually at agencies, at uh, recording studios, at um, at record labels, and weren't wasn't getting any callbacks, weren't getting any bites. Um, ultimately, I landed a job at um, in healthcare, uh, kind of just to pay pay for bills, and they they offer tuition reimbursement. And at that time, I was lucky enough to kind of use that to go back to school. That's when I went to Hunter College and uh, enrolled in their media studies program, and ended up graduating with a, a degree in media studies and communication. Um, and then from there, it kind of jump started my career in marketing. Um, you know, I went from hospital special surgery to Walker Medical College, and now I'm at Consumer Reports. Um, and again. A lot of this is due to the to the work, the the hard work I put in early, um, where I was doing a lot of this this heavy lifting without a formal education, um, and now when that degree kind of was added to my resume, 
I, like I said earlier, that was the cheat code. All of a sudden, I'm getting tons of callbacks. Um, you know, my my LinkedIn is popping at that moment, um, and I kind of had I was kind of granted the luxury of being able to choose where I wanted to be. Um, none of that was possible without the degree, um, and I would have been in this field if I decided, you know. I guess law, obviously, is something you need an education for. But if I decided I wanted to be in another field at 18 years old, still wet behind the ears, not having, not knowing anything about life, and said, you know, I wanted to to have a startup in this industry, um, I would have never explored everything else that was granted to me in college. So that's just another case for college, um, and ultimately, it got me here. Great story, and thanks for sharing that. And you know, what's interesting too about the whole. Um, Tuition reimbursement, right? I mean, companies, especially right now, where everybody is counting every dollar, right, and making sure mm-hmm. we should really be spending that. I mean, if you're going to offer tuition reimbursement, and then you try to. T- I mean, there's some companies they tie employees to them, right? If they spend yeah. twenty thousand, they say you you have to stay here for five years, or you have to pay it back, you know, whatever, something like that. I, that is a sign that companies care, right? Because they're they're literally putting their money where their their mouth is, and they don't always do that. Absolutely. I mean, it's investing your talent, right? And that makes you want to stay. Uh, that's how you retain talent. Um, and again, for me, uh, I didn't come from a place of privilege. Like paying for college was really difficult, mm-hmm. um, and it, which is the reason why I took that break ultimately was because I couldn't afford it. Um, I got the job with that offer tuition reimbursement um, and the rules that they had in place where you had to be an employee for 12 months before you can apply. So I ended up being at um, HSS for for good seven years after I graduated, I moved into the marketing department there as well. Um, but, you know, I, I was loyal to that company, you know, I was loyal to that organization. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, you know, I have the utmost respect for it. I, the only reason I left was to continue my growth. Um, but I think tuition reimbursement, and again, it's something that is unfortunately shouldn't be something <laughs> that we need here in this country. Um, because, Everywhere else has free college, um, but mm-hmm. for us, that's not the case. So that, but that tuition reimbursement again put me to the next level and, and got me where I am today. Yep, absolutely. And so, also, you mentioned really briefly the network that you build at co- in, co- in college, right? And uh, with, maybe we can dive into that a little further. It's interesting. I certainly am still connected, especially with teammates that I grew up with and, and was around for four years, uh, and even LinkedIn today. When you look at a company. The company always says, uh, the, the LinkedIn always says, um, so-and-so from the University of Iowa was hired, which uh, I don't want to tell everybody how old I am, but I'm, I am getting older. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't yeah. know them. Like, I don't think there's going to be any, I mean, I, I, I don't think anybody cares that we both went to Iowa 20 years apart from each other. Um, but certainly LinkedIn seems to think that same thing. But the network you build, right, the people you're connected with, uh, uh, that I- is helpful. Absolutely. I mean, um, you grow with your peers. Um, I mean, Ruth Gautier, who's a uh, friend and former colleague of mine, uh, she's a success success coach. And that's one of uh, the favorite things she's ever said um, that she's ever said to me was that, you know, peers grow together um, and you meet those folks in college. You know, you meet the people who are at the same level as you and who are in the same industry as you um, and you go your separate ways. And then a few years down the line, that one person is working at NBC Universal, and that job opening is there. You've got that inside track. Um, not because of COVID. I think a lot of folks, and maybe this is why the narrative has changed. A lot of folks are kind of building their networks on Twitter and LinkedIn way more than they ever did at conferences and in school, I suppose, um, because of what's happening. Um, and I'm, I've, I've met some awesome, incredible people off of Twitter um, and people who I now call my friends. 
However, I still don't think I've built the relationships that I've built uh, way back in undergrad um, and those friends that you can kind of call on uh, when you're in a pinch, when you when you need a job, when you need a referral, when you need um, when you're looking to hire and you want them to kind of recommend someone for you. The, I think that's still the first people I call in my Rolodex. Yeah, absolutely. And so you talked about, too, how the expense and certainly the I mean, I, I joke I had a football scholarship. First job paid me less than my football scholarship. <laughs> right. So anyway, I it's not. a And let me tell you, it's not a free education. Right. Because you are actually um, I mean, you're putting your body on the line. I still got things yeah. today that I'm dealing with because of it. But anyway, uh, water on the bridge. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't do it any other way. But there is, there are things, there are ways today to actually get a college degree and, you know, and make it uh, maybe a little cheaper. Uh, for example, I just pulled this up here. I heard about this company, not sponsored. I'm just sharing it because it's, it kind of fits. Uh, straighterline.com. And you can take college courses for like as low as $59 or $149. Oh, wow. And then I think the way it works, you transfer them, right? So you could take a bunch up front transfer and them then, somewhere and then finish however that works I, yeah at a work um, and work your school i imagine yeah right i guess i guess i kind of liken that a little bit to like you have to be sure you know what you're doing and you have to keep track of it right because if you're yeah. with one university you're uh, another thing is you could go to a community college um you know and start I, there absolutely i mean i've had friends who who went to community college with uh, so i'm in brooklyn new york and uh they, they went to community college uh called kingsborough it's a two-year college um and crushed it and again this is they they did it because of financial issues i grew up in a not great neighborhood um and went to a two-year college absolutely crushed it and from there went to nyu and ended up graduating and going to grad school like so these are alternate routes um that Again, coming from uh, a place in a neighborhood where things are a little bit harder that we kind of find and, and we find different ways to navigate uh, to that uh, kind of that end goal of ultimately graduating um, with a college degree. Um, so, again, finding those different options online and, you know, online school is great. I think there's tons and tons and tons of opportunity now and it's more accessible than ever. Um, and you build and you build your network there in different ways. You're, you know, you're building it on Blackboard and, and those weekly assignments and those conversations that you have there. Um, and um, is it the same as person person to person networking? I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, again, I, I'm an advocate for getting that piece of paper at the end of the day, because I yeah. know that opens doors for you um, by any means necessary. You know, you're getting that piece of paper is really, like I said before, the cheat code. Yeah. And so also, I mean, today, of course, with COVID happening, uh, a lot of colleges are online anyway. So I guess, you know, uh, consider an online option. Um, I actually I don't even know who's out there and who does that anymore. But I actually got a uh, certificate or two from Cornell University. And I literally, it was just online. Like I never went to uh, yeah. New York, you know? So that's that's an option, I suppose, as well. How do people pick a college? Like what, how did you, so you went to college right there in New York or where? Yeah, I went to Hunter College um, right here in, in Manhattan. Um, I mean, ultimately it, I, again, I think it depends on, you know, what you have available. Um, I have a niece right now who's 16 years old and is really thinking about college. Um, and I had her over at my house this weekend, actually, and we were, we were discussing about, you know, her future and her plans. And she's brilliant. I mean, she's got like 105 um, average. Um, she can get to any college she wants. Um, and, you know, the, the first question was, 
um, was cost. You know, she mm -hmm. wants to go to NYU Columbia, but she doesn't know if she can afford it. Um, and the second option is kind of to go to a city school or a state school, um, get that undergrad degree, and then she wants to get into law. So, you know, get that and then transfer to a, you know, a law school after you graduate with your undergrad. Um, so I think, you know, if you're in if you're in high school listening to this or watching along, talk to your college advisors, find out what options are out there for you. Um, you know, for me, again, it's weird that I'm the one become becoming an advocate for college because I, you know, I, I hated it. I wasn't great at school uh, growing up. You know, it wasn't really a priority to me. It's not something I enjoyed. Um, and but I eventually found my passion because of college, um, you know, now at my age. Um, I, I see the value in it. And I wish someone had told me that when I was younger, um, because I, I think I personally think it set me back five years. I think I would have been mm. at a much different level right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm successful and I'm lucky where I am right now, but I still yeah. feel like I'm five years behind schedule because of the decisions I made at a much younger and impressionable age. Because it just wasn't a priority, I guess, where you didn't think. Absolutely. About it. Absolutely. I mean, like I, I said it before, I grew up in a neighborhood where, you know, not a lot of people went to college. I, my family, I was, um, you know, my my brothers and I were the first ones with college degrees. Um, and we all, like, I think I might have been, I'm the youngest by a lot. And I was the first one with the degree. Like, all of them went back to school later ages. Um, so they're all working blue collar jobs. And we all kind of recognize that if we didn't do it that way, um, we, we all might have been off, uh, at a better place right now. Because we didn't value college. We saw at 18, 19 years old, the mindset to kind of get out there and start making money. And again, going back to that Twitter thread, that's the same narrative. Um, it just comes from a different world. Like for, for us growing up, it was get a city job or a state job where you have a pension and you have insurance and then boom, you're an adult. Work there the rest of your life. Work at the MTA or join the NYPD and work there the rest of your life. Um, and, you know, that is because that's where we came from. The folks on Twitter, uh, Twitter University, as they like to call it, um, their their narrative is, oh, you know, get out there and at 18 years old, call your dad's friend and find out if you get that internship and if you get the entry level job and then do it yourself. Um, you know, it's it's a whole different it's a different world. Um, and again, one that one of privilege. It kind of that comment kind of reminded me on um, uh, there was an onion story. And uh, it said something, it had a picture of, of, of a white guy, um, you know, well-dressed. And it said, um, son of CEO, finally promoted to CEO. And then the, <laughs> then, the, then the whole story talked about how, you know, he said crap like, um, I still remember my humble beginnings when I was just the son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, that's the truth. I mean, and... Like I'm, uh, listen. I'm not gonna take away anything from uh, from what someone has earned, um, mm -hmm. whether it was given to them with a silver spoon or not. Uh, you know, a lot of these folks are brilliant, are great marketers, and I'm mm -hmm. on Twitter to learn from from other folks. Like I, I enjoy people dropping insights and gems um, and, and sharing their strategy, and I, I try to do the same. So I learn from these folks, and I hope that I'm giving a bit the other way as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a different world. It's something that. If you and if you're not exposed to it, if you don't know anything outside of it, then yeah, that's what you think is a reality for everyone. But it's not. It's not a reality for women. It's not a reality for minorities. It's not a reality for Black people. Like, it's yeah. not. Um, so that that's the thing that kind of got to me. It's you know people who have a large following in in an industry that is so like 
historically racist and sexist. I mean, marketing and advertising has a bad rap. Um, I mean, I was I was just looking up some numbers before today's call just to have some mm -hmm. points points of reference, and I found I found something that was surprising to me. A 2020 study in the UK found that 88% of marketers identify as white. Huh. Like that is a huge number, um, and so that's still a reality right now. So, in the day and age where we recognize the importance of diversity, we recognize the importance of having different voices at the table in an industry where you need to be able to speak to everyone. You don't only need to be able to speak to white men. You've got to be able to speak to Latino women. You've got to be able to speak to, um, you know, brown guys um, to have white men dictate this industry um, is detrimental. Yeah, I, I actually I actually think there's a lot of people who don't understand the or maybe they don't think about it or don't want to. I, I don't know what the reasoning is, honestly. But when you have different voices in the room, um, certainly you can get different perspectives, right? You have a different perspective for me. Uh, I always say when, especially on the executive team, when there's only white men, really, really dangerous. Uh, even just adding a woman, you can tell, you know, how things are already shifting. And then you have, uh, you know, different backgrounds, different um, races. Uh, I really, but how do we in marketing, let's dive into that topic for a minute if we can. How, I mean, how do we, how do we get there? How do we make, make up some ground in marketing, honestly? I mean, it's, um, it's funny, but it, it, it's on the onus of like the white men who are, who are leading right now. Um, mm -hmm. They've got to step up. Um, I was chatting with, um, with a few folks back, um, I, I mean, early on in this new revival of the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. um, just kind of like testing the waters and figuring out what everyone was feeling. Um, I was charged with uh, putting together the statement for my company, uh, working with a few folks to put that together. And I just wanted to make sure I got a, a good grasp of like the feeling mm -hmm. before we put something out public. And one of the biggest takeaways I got from that was um, like, this shouldn't be something that we are charged to fix. Like we didn't create yeah. this problem. Um, and that's like, that's speaking as a whole in the country, right? Racism in the entire country. But if you break it down into <clears throat> smaller sects, if we're going to talk about our industry, it's up to the folks in power right now, the, the leaders in our industry to hire someone of color and not just make them your token DNI person, you know, hire them and make them the CMO, hire them and make them your VP, uh, promote within, promote women, promote people of color, um, and give them the opportunity to really show their expertise. Um, that's, I mean, that's the only way we fix it, right? Other than that, the other option is, and I'm seeing a lot of it, is folks starting their own shop. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. we kind of hit, you hit a ceiling when you're a woman or, you, or a minority. And then the other option is to kind of, let's go freelance and let's start my own company and see how that mm -hmm. goes. And there are folks, on, there, there are women on Twitter who are incredible marketers and have outstanding companies and doing it on their own. Um, so, I mean, th those are the two other options, but uh, ultimately if we want to fix our industry, it, it comes down to our leaders have to kind of buckle down and, and recognize that it's a problem. Recognize that when we're, when you're in that uh, boardroom and everyone looks like you, we've got to fix this. Um, yeah. and if, if your eyes aren't open to it now in 2020 with everything that's going on, mm -hmm. then unfortunately, I don't think that's, that's going to change for you, you know? Yeah. How, how do you feel about, so I know Texas, for example, uh, maybe New York has it too. I don't remember. Uh, it's been a couple of years that I pitched a contract in New York State. But uh, Texas has a law where you have to consider, I think they call it minority 
uh, or women-owned businesses or something, uh, some terminology like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it's even, they have to hire that company or, or something like that. Maybe that's not exactly what it is, but they're making an effort to when they hire a vendor that they go with a minority or the woman-owned business and, and you know, um, put them, I don't want to say the top of the list, but at least, you know, uh, are aware of that. I mean, how do you to feel about those kind of laws? Yeah, I think they're important. Um, again, this country um, in its dark past has mm-hmm. have put women and minorities at a disadvantage. Um, and it's time it's time to make up for it, you know? Um, so like affirmative action, there are people who are, who are you know, passionately opposed to it. Um, but again, to my point earlier, if, if you are a fifth generation college graduate and I'm a first generation college graduate and we have the same grades, put me in because I was given a much yeah. harder hand to deal with and we're right here together. <laughs> so that means my potential, um, you know, if you're looking at it in that way, I have great potential. Um, and I think that's the same, the same should be made for, um, you know, for businesses as well, like a minority owner, woman owned business um, should be kind of put at the table and given a, a true opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the numbers show it and whether it's um, implicit or explicit, like, you know, those biases exist. You, you, you relate to people who look like you, who speak like you, you want to be around them. Um, and you may not be a racist, you know, like, I'm not saying like that makes you a bad person. That's something that I think that we're all naturally inclined to. That's why when, uh, immigrants come to this country, they move to a neighborhood that has people like them because they want to feel comfortable. Um, but in the workplace that you, we need to kind of learn to break out of that mold. We've got to learn to kind of expose ourselves to different cultures so that we can, um, all improve ultimately, um, and, and be better businesses, better marketers, um, as a whole. And that's what it's all about, um, moving forward and making things better all, all across the board. Asad, thanks for uh, joining me today and sharing your insights. It was really, truly my pleasure to have you on the show. Um, where can people connect with you? Uh, Twitter, I think, actually, you know what? I think the Twitter, um, the Twitter link is in the show notes of the live stream. But for everybody listening who can click on the link, tell them where they can connect with you, too. Perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, the best place to find me is on Twitter. Um, it's at Ayakatali. That's A-Y-A-K-A-T-A-L-L-Y. Um, you know, shoot me a follow, shoot me a DM, um, and I'm happy to really connect with other folks um, in the industry and outside of the industry. Um, I'm really just looking to, um, like I mentioned earlier, just really build my network out on Twitter. I've been trying this year a lot to just kind of connect with um, other folks. And Christoph, really, I appreciate this invite. Um, it was a great conversation. You bet. Thanks. for. Ha- I'm really glad to have you on the show. And uh, certainly, guys, I agree. He's a great follow. Um, so, so do that. Check him out on Twitter. And uh, see what you can learn from Twitter University, huh? How, how do we bring that <laughs> full, full circle? Ha-ha. Um, great. Hey, thanks for joining me. And thanks, everyone, for listening on the live stream. Looked like we had people join us on all the different networks. I didn't see Twitch this time if anybody showed up. But it's okay. We will keep trying. Again, we use Switcher Studio for the production of this show. Uh, Trap one first month free if you want to use it. And then we use Restream to push it to five different channels at once. Is that five? One, two, three, four, five, six channels, actually. Thanks again for for being on the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.